Hello. Hello. Welcome back to High and Dry. This week, we've had a really tough week on both sides. I feel like maybe astrologically something's going on. (laughs) Something's in the air. But it's also good for us to talk about this because um, sometimes I think people get frustrated. Sobriety is really hard. And Mm -hmm. when you have big emotions, it can be difficult um, in life. There's definitely triggers that we'll go over. but we'll just get yeah, into sometimes it. you have bad weeks. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. No. Hence why my hair is still wet. <laughs> so, you know, we do go through hard times, but we're yeah. really excited to talk to you guys today. We're doing a Q&A episode. Yes, yeah, so we took to TikTok, Instagram, just online. We got some questions compiled um, from listeners. Uh, we picked some that we think a lot of people ask about or struggle with. So we're going to do five today. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you find some help in these answers yeah we're here for you okay should i read it yeah (coughs) dear jamie and sky i make it through the week no problem but then i don't know what to do with myself on weekends and end up drinking what do i do yeah that's a tough one this one's a tough one and a really common one i think um Mm -hmm. so uh, you are embarking on something that's really difficult to do Mm. in sobriety and most people can't do it. Most people choose not to do it because it's hard. Or they start and then, yeah, they get to the weekend and they're like, well, what do I do? Yeah, so it's really important to give yourself just the most patience, Mm -hmm. most kindness, and your life is going to be uncomfortable for a while and look Mm -hmm. a little different. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that when I was, I I would go through this in the many times of relapse, but yeah, mm -hmm. I would okay for a few days and then the weekend would roll around and I would be like well all of my friends are going out they're going to the bars and rest and clubs and whatever so what am I gonna do yeah and I don't even know now it's been so long that I'm like maybe I did last a day maybe two I had done I had done weekends where I'd gone out with friends and drinking sodas and Uh didn't tell anybody um but then I would end up drinking again yeah yeah Yeah. So something that really helped me is I quit drinking over COVID, which was the most boring time ever Mm -hmm. in Edmonton single. So one thing that I did when the weekend, I did have friends in Edmonton though, and they'd be like, come out or whatever. Right. And, or people who wanted to be friends Mm -hmm. with me. Um, and I just kind of let go of the idea of a social life for the first little bit. And I could because of COVID. Um, and I really focused on self-care and healing and um being a better version of myself on when the weekend would roll around so like I would take a really luxurious bath like an hour and a half long bath I would exfoliate my entire body I would drink um fake sparkling champagne in the bath in like a champagne flute um I would go on TikTok in the bath I would read moisturize my hair do all the things and then my bed would be waiting for me with like a heated Mm -hmm like a heated beanbag mm-hmm. in it so it's all yeah. warm and I would have my favorite tv show and I would just really focus on being as indulgent as I can yeah. indulge in yourself indulge in your self-care I think let yourself be okay with being alone in the little mm-hmm. beginning of it yeah um put for sure put on your favorite shows and like like I loved friends at the beginning I mean I always love friends but shows like that really helped because you it takes a it eliminates anxiety because we know how it's going to play out Mm -hmm. so we just feel comfort and you don't feel as alone because they are your friends Mm -hmm. like these shows that do bring the ultimate comfort for you lean on that um i would say like 
do daytime stuff daytime stuff daytime yeah stuff, morning plan, stuff that's morning really stuff, fun wake like up, do yoga yeah have a spin class if you love spin have or if you've yeah. never tried spin give it a try because it, it's really fun it's like a nightclub in there a yeah. lot of times like they curate the playlist to kind of mimic like a nightclub and a dj mm-hmm. and you can go to different theme ones yeah um exercise will be a friend of yours I mean, always exercise is always good, but right now especially, and like to increase that dopamine, mm-hmm. exercise, it'll help you feel better. You'll start feeling better about yourself. Um, go on bike rides, daytime fun with friends. Yeah. So that maybe by the nighttime when people typically do drink, you're already tuckered out or have had enough socializing that you feel okay to go home so that you're not triggered further, right? Um, plan ahead. That that's huge i think especially in summer right now yeah if you make plans for what you are going to do it's more structured you'll be less likely to just kind of be unsure and going with the flow and that might have one thing lead to another and you're in a place that is triggering for you yeah and ultimately you know what's going to help you but those weekends you can really plan amazing things on the weekends and Mm -hmm. um be okay with being by yourself for a minute and you will also I hate to say this, but it's not that weird if all of your friends aren't okay with you not drinking and you need to find a whole new friend group. Unfortunately, that's just sometimes part of it, especially if you've been drinking for a long time. You attract people that are like you. And so most of your social group are big drinkers and they're not going to like the new you because that's a reflection of them. So it's 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 very rare that all your friends accept you over time. Mine kind of took me back. But in the beginning, like they were like, well, if you're and even now, like. Um, one of the reasons I got invited to Whistler with that friend group was mm-hmm. because some of them were doing sober January. Oh, so the guy say, that was, yeah. yeah, no, he said yeah. that he's like, Oh, some of them are doing sober January. So like, this is a good time for you to come. Otherwise, like, oh my God. I don't think you, you, you should come. Yeah. He said that. That's so weird. Yeah. So like, but that's the yeah. way that people yeah. treat you. So sometimes it's, and obviously maybe that person should quit drinking. Probably. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. but yeah, like it's, you don't feel like it's you. It's definitely them. They're ostracizing you mm-hmm. and it's, it's not, it's not you. Another thing I'd say is get rid of alcohol in the, in the house, get mm-hmm. it out. Uh, so you will be less likely it's out of reach. You know, it's, there's more steps to actually take in order to use. So that eliminates the first one. And I'd say, Stop using alcohol as a reward system, which so many people in society do. And we're so used to it. Like everybody, not everybody. I deserve this glass of wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need, like after a long day of work, it's like, oh, I just need a beer. And you don't understand what I'm going through. Yeah. And so they use that, like so many people, especially in North America, but all over the world, use our our weekend, like weekend warriors work. They work for the weekend. Yeah. So work hard, like a workhorse Monday to Friday. So that Friday you get fucked up Friday and Saturday and just like, it's crazy. And then it's like, by the end of the weekend, you're sitting there in a puddle of anxiety and depression just to wake up and do it all over again. What's crazy to me also is like, I didn't think that anybody could do it any other way either at one point, but it's crazy now when people say like they can't do it and they can't live any other way. Like that they can't not be uh-huh. drunk every weekend. every weekend, right? So many people. And like you see it on TikTok, people being like, what do people who don't drink do on the weekends? It's like, pardon? Like so much. What? Does your people's lives revolve around getting drunk? Yeah. Or getting, taking themselves out of their own brains and their own minds. Um, but so yeah. So even if you're not like, you're just super curious and you're not looking to fully quit, reframe how you 
see drinking. Mm -hmm. Stop using it as a reward system. Instead, if you work hard towards something, maybe take yourself to a nice dinner. Take yourself for a massage. Go to an art gallery. Like, do something that isn't revolved around getting inebriated. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then set goals. Set a goal for six months away. If it's you want to get better at something, if you want to improve a skill, if it's you want to work towards planning a trip or something, like use that as motivation to keep on good habits rather than like... Yeah, if you're bored. That's the thing. And I think that that leads us into... um, Well, not the next one, but the next one after this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My family doesn't support my sobriety, so I have trouble staying sober at family events. What do I do? Yeah, we can't even imagine... This like one's how crazy hard that is we got we're family blessed support. to have family yeah. support so like if you don't have family support I sympathize with you I really feel for you um I can only imagine how hard that is but there's still some tips mm-hmm. to work around that um yeah I'd say lean on the people that do support you your friends like family can be also be what you make it the friends or people that are in your life that do support you are going to be the most important at a time like this. You're in such a fragile state. So it, as hard as it is, like distance yourself from the family members or the people that are trying to hold yeah. you back. And before, I think it's also important to communicate that you need support from them. Um, a lot of people can kind of brush off your sobriety or especially if you weren't outward with your problem. Um, and it wasn't as dangerous for you maybe, but maybe it was silently ruining your life, like more like a case with my drinking habits. Um, Communicate that you need their support. It's not a funny Mm. joke that you have a problem with drinking. And a lot of the time they'll sober up and Mm. be there for you and support you. You have to give people the opportunity to support you, which can be really vulnerable in early sobriety. So I would say like before you cut them off, before you keep your distance, try to really communicate with them. Mm-hmm. And then if they still don't support yeah. you, create your create your distance because you don't want to you don't want to burn a bridge with your family. No. But and for they the might, first they might six months to a year, you know, maybe not going to those barbecues yeah. aren't such yeah. a problem. Um, they might not know how much you are struggling. Yeah. They can't, they're not mind readers. So sometimes you need, do need to give them that grace and let them know so that they could take action. Yeah. And if they don't then that's on them and that's on you to distance and try other means but if they can hear you out and maybe they can relate maybe they're going Mm -hmm. through it too like likely if they're not supportive of it is because they have a problem themselves and they don't want to face it so hearing it from you is triggering for them you lean on other support systems go to AA meetings different support groups find online like one year no beer is a great resource Mm -hmm. um sober tiktok is a great resource yeah find people online that can also help you um or that you just feel supported by and Mm -hmm. like when i first quit to feel less alone i was always googling sober celebrities and looking at interviews and looking at people i looked up to totally you feel less alone like i even like we've talked about sober celebrities and other people in other episodes um but even randomly just coming across like listening to Tom Holland on yeah so on other people on send me that I know too. and I didn't know he was sober and now like I feel closer to him <laughs> I you know he's I mean? my best friend he's literally he's so like good to Zendaya and we I love never you. and was never not not a fan I just like didn't know any of his work and now I'm like so it does help even though you don't actually know these people like you feel less alone mm-hmm. so that support is nice um yeah and manage your expectations 
and know that sometimes these people might never give you the response or support that you were hoping for so prepare for that you know and it's not that's not the best thing to hear but it's Mm -hmm. the truth it's the reality some people just can't be what you need um and learn to take care of yourself Mm. right it's hard i don't know i feel i really feel for these people because i can't imagine having family members that try to bring you down like and it's it's common it's so common like it's so common i like i had a lot of friends that didn't accept me but my family i think with our history of alcoholism Mm -hmm. like silently just like got it yeah and so they were supportive um yeah, mine way I was so my drinking was so bad that yeah. it's like obviously they were supporting yeah. anything I would do to stop. Yeah. Um and there's not really any other addiction like in the in my immediate family. But I think like people going out of their way to be supportive really helped me. Like I mm-hmm. always say this but like my brother and my sister-in-law went really out of their mm-hmm. way to support me and that like still means the world to For me sure. because it wasn't like they tolerated. There's a difference also between like tolerating your sobriety in a room yeah and then like Like encouraging you and supporting Mm -hmm. it and they were encouragers and they supported me and that Mm -hmm. really really helped me yeah um yeah Yeah. and offer to educate people because like we were saying they might not know what you're going through Mm -hmm. but they also might not know the ins and outs of addiction and Mm. why something might be triggering or why you can't come to something Mm -hmm. like if you it maybe they just don't know and they're oblivious to it so if you teach them a little bit which like i've definitely done with people in my not so much my family but friends or people who just don't understand and i always found it interesting listening on joe rogan i forgot who he was interviewing but it was an addict friend and joe just wasn't getting what he was saying about addiction it was just like but why can't you just have one Mm -hmm. it's like their brains just aren't processing Mm -hmm. what is so clear to us Mm -hmm. um but if you can try to be calm and just relay that information in the best way could give them a better understanding of who you are and what you're going through and if it doesn't then you tried and you Mm -hmm. exhausted that avenue but you tried and then you can try something else i'm so fucking bored since i quit drinking and i feel isolated what do i do okay this one is our biggest trolls on tiktok Mm -hmm. are constantly saying i'm so fucking bored i'm so bored being sober is boring. No one cares. You guys are boring. Shut the fuck up. I'm bored. You're bored. No, blah, they blah, blah. When they call us boring. Yeah, they it? call us boring all the time. <laughs> and I have a question for you, Jamie, right now. And as I was typing this out, I thought to myself, I should ask her, are you bored ever now? No. No. I wish I was bored. I wish I was bored too. Right? We are like, never bored. Don't have time to be bored. We don't have time to be bored. But... We were bored. I was bored in the beginning. beginning, For sure. Before I found stuff to do. And there's reasons. Like, there's so many reasons and doing a bit of research on why. Um, But I want to just explain a little bit about dopamine and serotonin. Yeah, let's... So dopamine, serotonin... All so, I know about that is that they're feel-good drugs. I can't yes. wait for you to teach us because yes. this has something to do with why we're bored when we quit yeah. drinking. So take so, it away. Alcohol artificially boosts serotonin and dopamine in your brain. This is important to remember when thinking about boredom. First, let's revisit some terminology. Okay? Okay. Serotonin. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter responsible for feelings of happiness, well-being, and pleasure. It's also responsible for moderating moods and emotions. Serotonin depletion can cause major mood swings and feelings of sadness, anxiety, and irritability. And then we have dopamine. Dopamine. Dopamine is dope. 
I was going to say that. Get out of my brain. <laughs> dopamine is another neurotransmitter that is responsible for feelings of pleasure and happiness. It is also responsible for regulating movement and emotional response. Dopamine depletion can cause apathy, boredom, and lack of motivation. The latter experience feeling like everything is gray and dull and lacks meaning, that's called anhedonia. A lot of ex- a lot of people experience anhedonia when they quit drinking. Anhedonia. Which I've never heard of. I've yet. never heard I've of never anhedonia. Heard of. Yeah. Anhedonia. So we'll discuss why that is and what y- you do about it. Serotonin and dopamine depletion in early sobriety. So wow. this is what we all experience. So alcohol our- creates serotonin yes. and dopamine artificially in our brains. Yes, artificially. So then our brains depend on alcohol yeah. for dopamine and serotonin. And then without it... We are feeling Feel like shit. apathetic, <sighs> feeling like shit, bored, depressed, anxious, but we're not. That's why you always not, feel like you kind of need a drink. Even yeah. when you're not like yeah. full blown alcoholism, you, you know, how everyone in society is like, I need a yeah. glass of wine after yeah. work. I need it. Cause it's like, it's, made they need that dopamine thing. hit. Yeah. Oh, so okay. it is a bit of a hit. Um, so when you use alcohol or any substance to artificially boost serotonin and dopamine levels in your brain, you create an imbalance in the brain. Our brains don't like imbalance and will work very hard to correct it. That overcorrection is what you're probably feeling right now. Alcohol can produce two to ten times more dopamine in the brain than natural rewards. So now you've got two big problems on your hand. Number one, your brain is going to produce less dopamine to balance out the artificial boost you give it every time you drink. And number two, natural rewards now pale compared to the artificial rewards that alcohol gives you. Mm. So that's why you're experiencing that in early sobriety. That's like why... That makes so much sense. Why, and when people sound crazy, when they're like, how could you go to the concert, your favorite yeah, artist, and yeah. not get drunk? I'm yeah. like, why would you get drunk at your favorite concert? Yeah. Why would why you not want to remember yeah. that? Yeah. Why would you want because to be it's fucked like they up? Are f- but they can't get the dopamine sp- yeah. from not Chad, Daddy, and Nickelback no, right now. Not at the now. beginning. Not they the beginning. need to get drunk like, to get the dopamine to feel sure. good seeing their favorite artist. The thoughts artists. of doing these things sober is was terrifying to the yeah, beginning. Yeah, me too. Yes, yes, yes. Right? But now, I mean, it takes some time to get over that and to like reset your mind yeah. because it is, it needs it's to be so correct crazy itself. how, like, because like it took me it how scientific it is yeah. and how much it is true to my experience. It's yeah. just crazy. I know. I know, without having ever thought of it like this. Yeah. When I was reading this, I was like, oh, that is so interesting. So it's not that sobriety is inherently boring, it's that your serotonin and dopamine levels are now very low. Additionally, when you drink heavily for a long period of time, your brain will actually start to shut down dopamine receptors in the brain's reward center in response to the artificial boost of dopamine from alcohol. Mm. When serotonin and dopamine levels are low, we become less motivated and less interested in our surroundings. This can lead to feelings of extreme boredom and apathy. It's why nothing seems fun or exciting and you struggle to motivate yourself to have a good time. Which is crazy. It makes sense. That, it makes so much sense. Especially is, in the beginning. You're like, I'm so bored. That I'm is the here. most validating thing ever yeah. because you guys, sobriety is the least boring yeah, thing ever boring. now. But I remember back then mm-hmm. how bored I was all yeah. the time and how I couldn't imagine. That's one of the reasons that I started with Sober Curious Challenges is to be honest, I couldn't imagine my life without alcohol when mm-hmm. I first quit. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, there's no way I could do this forever. So Crazy. I'm going to do it for six weeks. I'm going to do it for another 12 weeks. I'm going to, because I can mm-hmm. see the benefits yeah. to myself, but there's no way yeah. that I could do this forever. Those people suck. Like I yeah. thought like that was part of my reward system. And like, how will I have fun skiing without drinking or how will yeah. I have fun? I deserve it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because then as time went by and my dopamine and serotonin balanced out, 
I realized I could just do all of this yes. stuff yeah. raw dog sober yeah. and it was just and as have fun. have so much more fun. And like we've I've said maybe on TikTok, but we forget why we're going to certain things, why we're going to certain events, why we're going to parties. If I'm going to a concert, it's like I'm going to enjoy my favorite band or my favorite artist on stage. But now we people use it as a reason to just go and get drunk and get fucked up with people. Mm. Like every opportunity we can to drink and get ourselves out of our minds and escape a little bit and numb, we're, we're using anything for, to do that. So instead of just like going to mini putt, it's like, well, let's have some drinks and then go to yeah. mini putt. Let's go drinking and go bowling. Yeah. Like literally any, any That's activity. That's something so funny with dating is people always ask me like, how can you... How can you not, how could you not drink and date or have sex? And I'm like, the thing is, though, is like when you're sober, you just have to admit that you really enjoy seeing this man yes. and that you would like to spend your time with him and that he is sexy to you and you can't blame the alcohol. Yeah, can't blame the alcohol. So you actually just have yeah. to, say, and same with friendship, like same with yeah. everything, but you just have to be like, but it's crazy. I would like to see this man yeah. naked and you have uh -huh. to fully take responsibility yes. for it. And that was even a trip yeah. at first because I couldn't blame it on that. It's, so it's crazy because yeah, people are so like, and I understand because I was scared of this before I got sober yeah. about dating, but it's like, you're asking how I'm sitting and having a conversation with somebody sober like why is that scary yeah why and i know it is and people because it's been, alcohol has been such a so social yeah. lubricant yeah for everybody that now we depend on it and the idea of doing these things these very normal activities yeah without alcohol yeah uh, you know what crazy. i love about it though is it adds this aspect because like the last time most people dated sober was in high school like that's the last time really like yeah, once you're in university school. and on weekends but like when you saw them at school yeah. and you were texting oh, them yeah, or yeah. bbming them like you were sober except for the degenerates who were drunk at school yeah well those ones were <laughs> fucked though like those kids were like yeah. you have a horrible yeah. home life yeah, i'm sorry probably. but what's crazy is like that's the last time that you probably dated sober yeah. and so coming back to it it's like being a kid again in some ways because you mm -hmm. have to be like hey and it is a little you're like, I a like little you. bit weird yeah. at first but at the I can't remember my first dates. Yeah, sober. It was a little, I was a little shy, but it was like COVID times too. So yeah. it was like on the low anyway. Yeah. But. I was so, I'm, I'm nervous. now I'm not shy, but I was so the shy. The first time having sex with a guy sober, which I'd done before because I was in a relationship while yeah. I was drinking. Yeah. That was my boyfriend. Yeah. Like, for the most part, wasn't having sober sex with like yeah. random guys. It was usually, yeah, with alcohol. Yeah. So the first time sober was like. It was fine though. It, it was fine. Even, I, it's pretty much it's you the just same get out shit. of your head. Like just it's stop the same convincing. thing. You think the same things. Yeah. Like uh or uh yeah. you know. Um and so coming back to boredom, mm -hmm. um, another thing is if you've partied for a long time, you also don't really have any idea of leisure time or what that no. looks like to you because you've spent most nights like putting in shifts at the bar or with a glass of wine on the couch or whatever yeah. you're up to. So, and if it wasn't just that, then it was a hangover all day the next day. Yeah. We didn't have so much free time because it was being filled with getting fucked up and then recovering from that. Yeah, absolutely. So this is one of my favorite Jamie quotes is you said last night to me, you can even do pointless shit. Look at who you were as a kid and think back to that. <laughs> yeah. So you don't always have to be productive in sobriety, which I think is the best point ever. Yeah. Um, go watch documentaries on bears if you like bears. Yeah. Do no, art, be creative. I'm very big on like the notion of as, in, as an adult trying to be who you 
you were as a child. Yes. Go back to who you were because that's who you truly are. You were never faking it then. You were never distracted by things that like you were trying to run from. Like yeah. if you liked painting, you were painting. If you had an obsession with bears, like you were watching bear things and taking books out on bears, like whatever it was, if it was action figures, if it was yeah. like pioneers, like whatever it was, like take interest in that now, right? Like and Somebody I did my early sobriety bears and pioneers. Pioneers not really i went through a phase did you ever read the little house on the prairie books i guess but i went to two different schools halfway through the year so i just did the pioneers unit and then i show up first day at my new school and they're about to start pioneer unit i'm like watch this i knew everything and everyone was like who is this new girl she's a genius who knows everything about pioneers and then we had to paint to draw a picture it was like a book cover and like i was a good artist as an eight-year-old everyone swarmed around my desk being like that is the best drawing i've ever seen and you know everything about pioneers who is she who is she and the fame went to my head and i became an alcoholic like (laughs) right after (laughs) no but seriously in my early sobriety i did things like that i got back into art and it it was covid times but i was really like i always loved sketching and painting and just being creative yeah as a kid and so i i really channeled that in my early sobriety embroidery like i did similar like i was always really athletic as a kid and always was at the park playing and always was outside like constantly like when the street lights came out on that's when my mom Mm -hmm. would see me and i'd be like hey what's up like i was playing i just was always covered in dirt playing in the park and i couldn't wait for soccer season like i was just such an outdoorsy kid and then going back i like got obsessed with golf like yeah, we're up we're paddle boards for like sure. walking i went for like hour-long walks when i yeah. first quit drinking like and i still do like the the amount that i was outside that my inner child likes to mm-hmm. be outside is like i have yeah, to yeah and they totally like reconnect with nature even if you're not a huge nature person like the benefits of being in nature is so profound for everybody like i obviously i'm like we're nature people i love like yeah. move to vancouver because i want to hike and be in the mountains but yeah. like reconnect put your feet in the grass like yeah and it's meditative it's mindful you're in the moment you're present if it's just going for a walk if it's on a trail like whatever it is it will really help you calm yourself your nervous system um yeah like i obviously love doing all of those things but like it'll help you ground yourself again um if it's bike riding whatever Mm -hmm. it is just do those things be a kid again be a kid again allow yourself to be a kid it doesn't have to be serious having goals it depends ask yourself right like ask yourself in the first six months of sobriety if setting a goal will help you a Mm -hmm. lot or if just nurturing who you are and being alcohol free is good enough right now ask yourself and which one feels right and you don't need to be super productive in the first six months if you just don't drink in the first six months to a year to the rest of your life that's the biggest accomplishment of your life that's the hardest thing you're ever gonna do so just roll with that and vibe with that and if it's the opposite it is a huge accomplishment it's a huge accomplishment and Um, things will fall into place later i wasn't the most productive when i first quit i watched golden girls and cried on my parents Mm -hmm. couch a lot and then Mm -hmm. got obsessed with golf i was watching love island you know constantly yeah yeah. right i mean just replace that that dopamine vibe and then look at our life now we are the most productive motherfuckers ever but that's that took time and accept that you're in a transitional phase yeah and it takes time like this boredom and this phase of kind of getting comfortable with your sobriety is transitional and it was so scary in the beginning the first number of months to a year but now we've been three plus years and it's 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 so easy but it's it wouldn't so have been easy. had we, we have to go through it you have to struggle a bit yeah um 
in order to succeed and come over that hill. Yeah. So you're just in it right now. You're in the yeah. tunnel. Yeah. You're going to come out the other side. And I'd also say journal. We always talk about journaling, but that's a great tool. And it's also good because like it's mindful, it's meditative. It's like getting your feelings out, but it also helps you be, to view your negative thoughts and feelings as problems to be solved mm. rather than the an embodiment of who you are oh wow. right so yeah. it liberates yourself if you can actually write them down and you see that something okay that's something i need to sort out that's what i need to get on top of and fix and it's just a problem with a solution rather than being like uh, if it's stuck in your head being like, i'm a piece of shit and mm-hmm. i i'm unhappy and i'm depressed i don't deserve anything good in my life it's like mm-hmm. then that will become who you are because yeah you just live like that. I'm so fucking bored. It's like you're bored right now. Yeah. You feel like shit right now in early sobriety. Well, yeah. guess what? It's a, it's just temporary, yeah. babe. It's temporary. And, and so many people who are like, yeah, what do people do on weekends who aren't you bored? It's like we need to realize that alcohol doesn't make life fun. It made you yeah. not care about things, but it doesn't make life fun. No. Like the things you are doing, the, the connections you're making, the concerts, the events, that's the fun. Yeah. It's not the alcohol. You just stopped caring. I stopped caring about things, real things when I was drinking. And if I felt a little bit like I was caring, I'd get drunk. A hundred percent. And that's, it's so funny. Cause, yeah. A hundred percent. If I felt a little bit like I was caring, I would it's get so drunk. It's, it's, it's so messed up. It's so messed up. It's so Like true. when something happened, like a serious, um, and like I'm, I have, I have high empathy. I'm like a very compassionate person. Like ever since I was little, but the alcohol, like I would have less empathy. I would, I was more Mm -hmm. apathetic when I was drinking, like something very, like a medical issue happened to someone really close to me. And it's like, it's not that I didn't care, but I was like so numb to even Mm -hmm. feeling it. Like, which was, and I remember in the mall, I was like 22 and being like, it's kind of messed up that like, I'm not even feeling much about this or something that I should be very upset by. I'm just kind of like, I feel numb. And that was because of my drinking and like depression and all the things, but it made me apathetic. It does not make life fun. It's a depressant. So once you remove that and get okay with the boredom in the beginning and kind of stumbling into who you really are and the things that you do want to do, like it will be so much better. So much better. All right. Number three, what triggers did you have to overcome when you quit drinking and do those triggers still exist? And how do you manage them? Okay. So this is a great question. Um, okay. So I don't get triggers anymore. Like, oh my God, I want to fucking drink. Really? I, I don't. I sometimes feel like I wish I could drink. The reason that I never feel like I want to drink is because I just know it's not in the possibility of things that will happen in reality in space and time. I just mm-hmm. trust myself so much. And that's one of the reasons I have really high self-esteem now I mean, I'm not perfect, but I have way higher self-esteem than I used to. It's because I can count on myself to not drink. I will never let myself down um, in that way. I might try something and fail, but in terms of like the non-negotiables for my life, I won't let myself down that way. So there are times that I wish I could drink. What's odd is how the triggers have changed over the years. Like at first, King Street in Toronto was a huge trigger for me. And even like in early sobriety, I went back to King Street three months in and I thought I would just have a couple drinks and I ended up getting fucked up for the whole week I was there drinking every day like every day um and men at first were a trigger for me I didn't know how I could like 
even be around a guy without getting drunk. Mm. I did not know how I was supposed to go on a date, much less be naked in front of a man without getting absolutely fucked up or at least like a couple glasses of wine and make yourself. And people ask like, how do you, you know? And then, um, but it taught me a lot. And in therapy, I worked a lot on those triggers and how to actually be vulnerable. And there's nothing to be ashamed of when you're vulnerable. And then I went back to King Street a couple of times sober and so now it's weird because I was with a man on King Street like two months ago and it nothing was triggering. Mm-hmm. But two years before that, For it was sure. the most triggering. Been, so it's odd. It was we like, to get through it, yeah. Like. So like I worked on that. Now when I get like when I'm at work and it's really busy and I'm around a lot of drunk people and I'm really irritable and there's moments where I'm really stressed out. I feel like like more so with stimulation, extreme stimulation now. Um, if there's a DJ playing that I hate, if there's too loud of noises, if I feel really like even the heat will overstimulate me really badly, the sun, um, then I feel like drinking and I will never. So what do you mean when you feel, say you like wish you could drink? Um, I wish, I think it's that I want the feeling of dulling my senses, Mm -hmm. turning it all off, um, because I feel overstimulated. So I wish that I could easily turn it all off the mm-hmm. same way that alcohol instantly turns it all off. Mm-hmm. That's what I wish. And I know that that's not a possibility for me. So I use other coping mechanisms, mm-hmm. but I, I wish it was in the realm of possibilities at mm-hmm. times. There's a thing in my brain that's like, oh, that would feel good. And I'm just like, it's yeah. not happening, bitch. Yeah. But like, right. You and I are so different with that one. Cause I never, but it's because my drinking was so bad. Yeah, you had so a bad. totally different experience yeah. than me with that. So, so, like, I didn't really experience too many triggers. Obviously, I did in the times I was half quitting or in denial about it. But then I was always triggered. Things would always trigger me. And I would always go back to drinking. Mm-hmm. But because of the severity of my um, binge drinking, how bad it was for me, when I made that decision, when it was just like this, I was done. There was there were no triggers. Mm-hmm. I was a little nervous going to the first parties and summer opening after covid and the first i was never at at no point did i think i was going to drink but i was more concerned about the triggers of people talking to me having questions people judging me maybe that was something at the forefront of my mind that i knew would be triggering to just make me feel uncomfortable um you know make me feel judged a little bit of shame but i would just i were i'd worked on my self-esteem like I had really bad self-esteem issues before and you know it's not perfect now but that was something that I really had to work on to make sure that there were no triggers because it's like I'm so so what were triggers to you like like what's a trigger to you now or do you get triggers now I don't like I would never I never look at like maybe there's times where I'm like or maybe earlier where I'd be like oh what would happen what it was never like I want to but the my mind would go what would happen if I had that drink right there Mm. what would happen if I just did it and so something I think that is very important is to play the tape through like don't judge this thought like allow it and then I'm like okay let's what would happen I would have that drink and maybe best case scenario I'd be okay Mm -hmm. so that the next time I'd be like well then I can have another and then I can have another the next time until something bad enough happens that I'm back to where I was in the first place and mm-hmm. why I quit. It's never going to end well. So I allow myself, my brain to go there just to confirm like, no, that's not something that you want. You know how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You've repeated the same thing over and over. You've expected it to end differently and it never did. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to repeat those same things. So I don't judge that thought. 
Like I just ride, ride it out. Cause then, and I know it's only fleeting when I do have a trigger like that. I was often triggered by other people that would make me uncomfortable if people, and I'm always happy to talk to people if they have issues or if they want to ask about my sobriety, that's not a problem, but it's when it's more when people are judgmental, are judgmental or projecting their shit or just being angry about it. And it's, n- yeah. it's never about me, but I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. You don't have to, you walk away or you put them in their place or whatever it is like you do that works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think also recognize external triggers versus internal triggers. So an external trigger can be, um, you're out of an event that makes you want to drink. Like there's other people there. People are doing this versus like an internal one where it's like an emotional, like, am I depressed? Am I having anxiety? Like recognize the difference between the two and then know what to do going forward. Another thing, like I think in AA, but they talk about like halt, H A L T. So try to think, okay, am I just hungry, angry, lonely, or tired right now? And so if you are experiencing any of those, then be like, okay, I'm triggered a bit. I can try to work on one of these, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If I'm hungry right now, like eat some food. If I'm lonely, like, okay, let's address that. But yeah, um, you're going to find triggers everywhere. They're, they are like, and even they come up in places when you're not expecting it or at times you're not expecting it. Um, it looks different for everybody, but distract yourself with healthy alternative activities because that'll you'll be less likely to be triggered if you're doing something that is healthy is good for you mm-hmm. you're happy you're less likely to feel yeah. feel like you want to drink sober vacation travel tips i was on a so i was on a vacation when i got sober. you weren't on a sober vacation yeah, i was not on a sober, sober vacation but you i almost w- I got said sober. you almost just said no, you're on a sober but vacation. i got sober on a europe trip yeah okay and i was about to head to dublin a week later because my birthday is on saint patrick's day and we were about to head to dublin where you better believe i was gonna get fucked up yeah but the universe had other plans the universe had other plans so you're planning a sober vacation um and it's a very exciting time I would say get a travel buddy who either accepts the fact that you don't drink. And a lot of the time then that your travel buddy probably doesn't drink that much themselves. Like people who are usually okay with your sobriety, they don't usually have a drinking problem. And people who don't have a drinking problem will have like a cocktail with dinner before dinner Mm -hmm. and a one glass of wine with dinner. Mm -hmm. And that's all she wrote, baby. Like Mm -hmm. it's crazy people who don't have drinking problems, how little they drink. I think it's important to like look at who you're going to. I mean, you should anyway, like really think about yeah. who you're traveling with because some people yeah. just don't travel well together. But yeah, if it's if you're going with someone who just wants to be at raves up till 5 a.m. and up clubs and wants to it, prioritize drinking, yeah. you probably shouldn't go on a trip with them. Yeah, Even though you love them and they might be in your life in other ways, that's probably not the best person to go on a trip, especially in early sobriety. So do choose your friends wisely. wisely. Hmm. Like it's really important to have that support have similar interests and things you just want to do on a trip you know like if you're sober in early sobriety you probably don't want to shape a trip around going to wineries and breweries in amsterdam and this place like that's just not going to be a good idea i'm so happy we didn't end up going to dublin the world shut down covid happened Mm -hmm. before i had the chance to make it to dublin i would have probably been really vulnerable i would have been really vulnerable in that time Mm -hmm. and would have been really triggering so it wouldn't have been the best idea for me. My first trip, I'm trying to think what my first trip was. Went to New York with uh, some friends. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, like it was like a year. I had some time to be sober. I had some time too, and that because of COVID. But I think that 
it's like the same thing as boredom. It's like the same thing of any as anything in sobriety. You have to look at the positive. Mm-hmm. And so try to make it the best trip. Like I said, your your travel buddy matters a lot because yeah. it's just it's like I said, someone without a drinking problem is only going to have a glass of wine with dinner and you're going to mm-hmm. feel totally normal around them. So they're not going to care if you're sober because they're pretty much sober They're yeah. You know, they might have a little buzz on one yeah. night out, but yeah. they just so travel buddies important and then plan fun things that don't revolve around alcohol Mm -hmm. and if you need ideas with this like um say we're going to a historical place or europe or mexico like plan fun events that you look forward to again in the morning horseback riding whale watching there's so many things go to museums art galleries like recognize that your priorities are going to change yeah you know in my drinking days and sure i was a little bit younger but i would have been like let's go to berlin and just like go to all the clubs and i still am like i want to go to berlin but now i've been more like or before even when i loved nature i would have been less likely to plan just complete nature trips because my priorities were like well i want to meet people i want to be partying and doing these things and it's like my priorities have shifted i also love the idea of like your whining dining experience can still Mm -hmm. happen and you should spend the money that you'd save at a pub to go to a chef's tasting menu Mm -hmm. for you know if there's no alcohol involved it's like 150 bucks each and Mm -hmm. it's unreal and you'll have a 15 course meal and hang out with the chef like there's so many things that you can do without drinking on vacation i got sober in amsterdam which was like kind of daunting being like i'm in amsterdam like red light district there's so much partying mm-hmm. here like what it, but we walked around the city you can get bikes like you can just be a little tourist mm-hmm. without having to partake in all of the and the all inclusives like let's say you want to do a sober all inclusive focus on the wellness part of it mm-hmm. focus on relaxing retreating all of the things and i mean retreats are a lot more expensive than all inclusives yeah. so I think you can just turn an all-inclusive into a retreat. It's pretty much the same mm-hmm. shit. You just don't go in the pee pool where everyone's pissing and pooping and fucking drunk and it's disgusting. Like, just don't go in the pool. <laughs> no? All-inclusives are, like... Uh, they're not for me, but they're for some people. They are pretty fun, though. I was, like... Yeah. I, like, I was, like, had a pretty bad drinking problem when I went yeah. to the Dominican, but I yeah, think... I've only gone with, like, family. So I've never yeah, I went with, with my mom, and, like, I was drunk mm-hmm. the whole time. And mm-hmm. I told... I remember being, like, to my mom, like, this is, like, less than I usually drink. And she was, like, Sky, like, oh my God. really? Well, it probably was, because they watered down the alcohol. That's a lot. So probably was. I was having just some beers and mm-hmm. whatever, but I was, like, this is less than I usually drink. Like, I usually don't... Like, I usually have, like... A lot more. Some, a lot more than this. Yeah. And she was, like, oh, like, mm-hmm. are you okay? <laughs> but... It's something nice about being sober on your trips is like you wake up early and do the thing. It's like you things. get after it. Be yeah. a tourist. See the attractions that you yeah, actually want you to. You get to live life. Rather than being hung over and laying in bed only to wake up late afternoon to do it all over again and drink. Absolutely. And like not actually even see. So many people, and I have come across this while traveling. I've traveled a lot and like some people miss everything. They miss yeah. everything because all they're doing is like sleeping in their hotel rooms until later on and then they get drunk, go to the bar or whatever club nearby and then like they don't see any they they miss so much yeah. of life is just passing them by yeah. and that was me in a lot of ways and might be you and it doesn't have to be no it doesn't have to be and that's like one of like joe rogan once said this and i i remember in early sobriety i was listening to him and he was talking about how so many people worked so hard they're like middle class people they work all fucking year so hard to be able to get a week off and go on a cruise ship or an all-inclusive and get fucked up for a week Mm -hmm. and it's like all one day the seven days is all one day they get drunk 
for a week and then work another year to do it all over yeah. again. It's the same as the weekends. It's Everyone's exact like grinding same thing it as out the Monday to Friday and then you waste your two days away just spending money and yeah. like blowing your brains out yeah. basically to yeah. do it all over again. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's like, is that really fun? And when you're out crazy? of it, it's like literally like yeah. you broke free of the matrix. And once <laughs> it's like, we're also out of it and past the triggers because it's like that stuff will come. But once you're out of that, the clarity and just like yeah. when I look at drinking and when I look at the whole culture of it and everything, yeah. I'm like, I don't, I would never want that. Yeah. People ask all the time, do you miss drinking? And I'm like, no, literally could not say no harder. Like, yeah, it's just that's the thing. Like one of my favorite things to say to people who are like, how do you live? Because that's a big one yeah. that I get all the fucking time. Yeah, you get. Oh, a lot how do you live in the, of, in the nature of my job? Because yeah. I work in a bar like in a bar bar and so many people are like how do you live how do you live and my favorite response only when I feel like being a dick like which is a lot of the time um I say I've uh, oh how do I live I've actually created a life that I don't need alcohol to escape from how do you live and they like yeah, are so no. quiet and I know I'm being an asshole but and then they're always yeah, like they're oh I didn't mean asshole. to be an asshole about that it's I'm like, like well you, you were, were but you were you were if it still happens people are like happy so long as you're not sober like if I'm like at a party and I'm like oh I don't drink they're like what I'm like but I'm doing mushrooms they're like oh okay perfect then it's like why do you care why they do I need to be so why do I need to be anything for you to be happy about they care it? so much like, they care way too much but it's yeah it's like we're both having judgments in our minds about how the other one lives their life yeah who's right us but <laughs> we're right we're right we're the obviously. cooler ones and we're right that's yeah. the thing it's like the more confident the higher self-esteem i have and it's like if someone ever came to me and wanted i'm the least judgmental person alive that way like you can come to me and say anything about your drinking mm -hmm. whatever i will never judge you but if you're coming at me in public mm -hmm. i've started to bite back it's the same as i i would feel the same about my veganism where people have stuff to say yeah. about my choices so then i did start because it would be annoying it yeah it did come to a point and where it's like, rude like, it's rude and it's annoying this is not your place to have past judgment or say yeah. anything about my choices yeah. when it's like in fact what i'm doing is good for animals that i care about if i care about something who cares what i'm doing yeah like so then i did start standing up and, and you're saying, not a dick about people eating meat. i don't give a fuck do what you want yeah it's not about me yeah like but my choices are about me so you shouldn't have a say i'm not hurting anyone no. anything i'm helping something i care about so like why do you have an issue so i did finally start to say things to people yeah i used to be like i yeah, yeah so then like, I no, would, no no i don't want to yeah. and now yeah. yeah and that's me too i've started yeah. to be a dick and then back. i would like say something and like publicly embarrass someone yeah sometimes feels great yeah. because you also know like they're less likely to do it a second time because they don't want to face this kind of <laughs> i never saw that coming from and I, yeah i never and saw that coming from myself in sobriety no. where i would yeah. just like publicly embarrass people when yeah. they like when i feel like it sometimes if they push need it a little public embarrassment yeah and it'll, you're not gonna do it again no you'll be less likely to because and if they do it to someone like me that's mm -hmm. fine because like i have a high enough self-esteem yeah worth yeah you're not gonna affect me really yeah but you might do it to someone in early sobriety and they're gonna drink feeling uncomfortable and then they will drink so fuck you yeah i will tell you right now that that's not okay i even behavior. have one response this guy at the bar was like oh my god you don't drink why not and i was like because i think i'm better than you or yeah you're like so i don't end up like you yeah i think i'm better than you that's why yeah. It's fun being better than you. Oh, and I am. God. And he was just, he started laughing. He had actually a really good sense of humor about it. But yeah, it's like, it is fun being an it asshole. Is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, especially it's like, if you're just going to say the thought that comes out right out of yeah, your then I'm dumb gonna say brain, back. I'm going to say something back that yeah. comes right out. 
like we don't have control over our, our first thought yeah but you have control over what you say yeah so sorry sorry not sorry but sorry not sorry Okay, well, that was our Q and A episode part one. That was a few, few questions. Help you. We hope you just feel like you can do it. You can do it. Like I never thought I could do it. I never thought I could do it. But I, but I knew I could do it, and I did it. We did it. We did it. And the the, when I would sit there, like at the toilet, barfing my brains out, and I'd be like, my that the inner voice being like, "Yeah, you need to stop. This (laughs) is going to destroy you. Like, what are you doing?" This is not the life. That happened to me a lot too. All the time. In those moments, you're like, I know, I'm done, I'm done. And then you get a little, okay. I remember like, like clocking that I was only throwing up like twice a year from boozing too hard and that that was like good, <laughs> good stats. I mean, there was a lot, a lot better of than th- my stats, but. Because, that, well, I was like a fun- more functioning yeah, yeah. drunk. So like, so like I thought that like as long as I'm not throwing up, I probably don't have a problem. Mm-hmm. I used to do that mm-hmm. kind of like, I would say anything myself yeah, to yeah. not have a problem and but like it's so funny looking back because i'm like you had a problem like people without problems don't keep track of the amount of times they throw up a year like stats (laughs) and then say to themselves i probably don't have a problem People without problems are like yeah i blacked out once yeah in high school and i never did it again i'm like like my dad (laughs) has blacked out he said never yeah i'm like uh, no people without uh, problems are really (laughs) obvious that they don't have problems yeah People without problems have one cocktail and they're Gucci. They have one cocktail. They're like, I love that espresso martini. And then we went Mm -hmm. for a walk in Stanley Park. And that was all I had to drink. And Mm -hmm. I'll be like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, a lot of people have problems. Yeah, a lot. They're just not ready to admit it. No. And that's okay. That's okay. We're here when you're ready. Yeah. We're here for you. This will be online forever. (laughs) Forever. (laughs) But yeah, this was nice. Feels connected to our viewers a little bit, our followers, our subscribers, whoever um we're here for you we're here with you we're all going through it together but just know that you can do it just give yourself a chance try yourself a chance you got this you got it life is great it is i prom. i promise it's hard you think i'd be paddleboarding are we gonna go tonight we should absolutely should we go tonight i think we deserve it we haven't gone in like days (laughs) we haven't gone in like literally multiple days i'm like itching i hate when we're so busy this is like we're so fucking busy right now you guys that when i am paddleboarding with you i cherish every moment because i know i'm not going to get it again for a moment i'll be like fuck this is special you're not going to get this again soon no we're gonna we we should go yeah it's gonna be a good evening it's It's gonna be a great evening but you got this you got this stay sober get sober do what you need to do yeah but we're here for you we love you thanks for tuning in and stay tuned thanks for listening this week's drink of the day is the coffee that we're drinking because mm-hmm. we've been trying our best this week and so it's the coffee we're drinking. Yeah, a big week. Lots going on. Lots going on. So thank you so much for joining us. We don't it's even have the high drug and drive up. I know. But we've got green. Cheers. Cheers, I love I you. I that one. I need to fix it. Yeah, love Cheers, you. Cheers, love you. Okay, <laughs> love you. Bye. <laughs>